If you're new with us, my name is Evan. I'm the worship leader here at Epic. If you're not new with us, you might be wondering what in the world's going on this morning. Uh, I know I'm not one of your regularly scheduled speakers. I've got a little more hair than you're used to seeing. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, my kids are doing their best to try and make sure that that goes away, so I'm holding on to that as long as possible. Um, but we really have hit the message section this morning, so just buckle in and, and hopefully we'll get through this together. I've got a deal set up with Brian in the back. If it gets really bad, he's going to wave me off. I'm going to grab a guitar and we'll sing through the rest of the morning. So I've got a backup plan. It'll be okay. We spent the past several weeks in a series called Reset. We've been looking at what it looks like when we hit those points in our life that we just can't get past that we started over and over again, and we just can't seem to get it right. And so we've explored some of the ways that God sets up for us to do it correctly, right? To make next time different than last time. We want to make starting over count. And so we've looked at things like we need to think like wiser people, right? Wise people learn from their experiences, They do better. They don't just know better. It's not a head thing, but they take that knowledge from their experience, they turn it into action, and then they go out and they do something different the next time they come up on that same situation. They know that time is their friend. They know that they're not always up against the clock to make a decision, that they can take a minute, they can breathe, they can evaluate a situation and then decide what they need to do. Whereas most of us just barrel through it and hope for the best, a wise person takes a minute to think through things. Last week, we were introduced to the idea that we need to own our part in order to keep from repeating the past. Trent introduced us, kindly, to the circle of blame. And if it sounds like a terrible 90s movie, it means you missed last week and you want to check out the podcast. Guys, this was a game changer of a message. And I mean, I walked out of there wondering what I needed to make different in my life, to take responsibility for areas that maybe I was putting on somebody else. So if you missed last week, go check out the podcast. Let God speak to you through that message and figure out where maybe you need to reevaluate some things in your lives. Now, I'm up here this morning because I've had my own experience with the reset button. The first time through college, first time, that was my reset. The first time through college, I went to the University of Delaware, uh, and I was part of their honors chemistry program. And it's A competitive program is a nice way to put it. Um, They're surrounded by companies like DuPont and Hercules and AstraZeneca. They're these really large chemical and pharmaceutical companies who just pour money into the program. And their plan is to take some of the graduates and get them in um, at the ground level. So they're hoping for the cream of the crop. So they don't make the program easy. If you're going to be in it, you're in it full bore. You're ready to go. And I did pretty well the first year and a half. Um, I enjoyed it. I learned a lot. I put myself into it. And then sometime during my second year, I picked up a job to help pay for books. And I picked up a job in computers. And I loved it. I really enjoyed that I was good at what I was doing there. And where some people just cringe when that paper never prints properly, or you die a little inside when a blue screen of death shows up on your screen, I enjoy those moments because I'm odd. (laughs) I love those moments where I know, okay, I've hit a challenge and I know how to fix this. I'm going to figure it out. And by the time I'm done, I end up with a working product that I can hand somebody. It was just real, you know, get my hands dirty in a not real dirty sort of way. And uh, I was really good at it, but I didn't want that to be my career because I thought I'll, I'll quit enjoying it. And so my plan was get my chemistry degree, go on to med school, become a doctor, and I'll just do this on the side to help pay for some bills. I'll enjoy it and it'll be a hobby which was great until third year and organic chemistry. 
which is a brutal class. Um, it hinges on two exams, a midterm and a final. And so you don't really get an idea partway through the semester how you're doing until you hit that exam where if you don't do really well, you're kind of up a creek. And so on top of the 22 credit hours I was taking at the university, I was holding down four part-time jobs. Yeah, that doesn't work out well. I don't have enough time in the week to get the work done, to go to school, and to sleep a couple hours at night and be healthy. And so I started to make compromises. I decided it was a whole lot easier to go to work than to go to class. And fortunately for me, uh, even for an honors class, organic chemistry was big enough I could sneak in the back and kind of zone out, or I could skip, and it wasn't a big deal. And so we hit this final, I'm sorry, the midterm, and out of a group of kids who do really well in school, this is what they do, the average grade on the midterm was a 40. Yeah. I didn't score a 40. I scored a 20. I've never seen a 20 on a piece of paper in my life. <laughs> I scored a 20, and no matter what sort of curve the professor is using, that's not a passing grade. And so I walked out of that class just absolutely floored. No idea what I was going to do. And I remember looking back at the past semester and a half of thinking about what I was doing at work versus what I was doing in school and asking myself, what in the world was I thinking? Why was I putting myself through this? Why was I doing this when I enjoyed this computer job so much more? Now, we've all hit points in our lives where we ask ourselves, what was I thinking? That last major hiccup, that bump in the road, especially when we have a piece to play in, we'll ask ourselves, what was I thinking? But we don't often stop to answer the question. Right? A lot of times we barrel through and hope for the best. We figure next time I'll get it right. I don't have to worry about it too much. But the fact of the matter is, if we think the way we used to think, we're going to do the things we used to do. And it's a tongue twister. We'll say it again. If we think the way we used to think, we will do the things we used to do. So in other words, we're going to reset over and over and over again on the exact same issues in our lives if we don't stop and find an answer to that question, what was I thinking? So in the Bible, there's this guy by the name of Paul. And if you read uh, in very much at all the New Testament, you're going to read something written by him. He was a huge influence in early Christianity, but he didn't start out that way. Paul was an authority on starting over. And Paul was originally Saul, and Saul was this young, ambitious leader in the Jewish community. And in his core, deep in his soul, he believed that the Christian movement, which was just beginning to take root, was wrong. It was completely against what God had set up for the Jews, for the chosen people. And he decided he was going to stop it. He was going to get rid of Christianity. And to do so, he figures, I got to get rid of the leaders. And he makes it his task to find and to kill the leaders of this new Christian movement. And he was really good at what he did. Now, he has this amazing encounter with God uh, in one of his travels, and that's a totally different story for a different message. But God slams Paul's, at that point, Saul's reset button and says, you're not doing this anymore. He restarts him so hard that he gives him a new name and says, you're now Paul. And instead of killing Christians, Paul turns around and takes the message of God, the gospel, to a group of people who never would have heard it otherwise. Because at that point, Christianity was only being preached to the Jews. And Paul takes it and says, no, 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 guys, this is too good to hold on to. We got to give this to everybody else. So without Paul, most of us never actually get to hear about the story of Jesus. So Paul knew what it meant to start over. 
And in Romans chapter 12, he gives us this key truth to making it work, to doing it properly. So if you have an app on your phone for your Bible, please feel free to bring it up. If you don't, don't worry about it. We're going to put the words up on the screen. You can follow along. And if you've got your app up and Facebook begins to beep at you and tell you you want to go check the messages, just come back at some point in time or else you're going to find out that everybody left the room and you're here all alone and we locked you in. So check back every once in a while. Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Right? Don't be like everybody around you. Don't let culture define who you are. He's not specifically saying that your friends and the people who surround you and even culture itself is necessarily a bad thing. But when they define us, when they make up who we are, when they make those decisions for us, then we've hit an issue. So Paul says, don't be this copy, right? Uh, we just got done with Christmas a little while ago. If you've got kids, you'll recognize this little cookie cutter. I'm sure all of you have used these at some point in your lives. Don't be a cookie cutter, right? Paul says this is the easy option. Because while it's nice and fast and you roll out the dough and you knock out a dozen cookies, if there's a flaw in the original, if there's an arm that's misshapen or a head that's cut off for some reason, that goes into every single one of the copies. And there's nothing those copies can do about it. So Paul says, don't be a cookie cutter. And he goes on to say, but let God transform you into a new person. So don't take the easy route. Don't be lazy, but be transformed into this new creation by God, right? Transformation takes some serious effort. The cookie cutter is fairly easy, right? It's, it doesn't take a whole lot to knock out a whole bunch of cookies, but transformation, being something new, now that takes some time and some effort. So don't be a cookie cutter. Be something like this. Yeah, that's who I want to be, right? With the, <laughs> with the rockets and the lasers and the really cool sword. He doesn't look so appealing. <laughs> you, want to be the cookie, or you don't want to be the cookie cutter. You want to be the transformer. Now, here's the deal. You could be a pretty cool cookie cutter. I've got Yoda. I've got a Stormtrooper. I've got Darth Vader. You got some cool options when it comes to the cookie cutters, but when it comes down to it, you're just a copy. You're just the original. Well, you're not the original, you're just a copy. Whereas when we are transformers, when God creates us to be something new, we are so much more than we could ever be as a copy, as a cookie cutter. So how do we go about doing this? Paul says we need to change the way we think. Now, we've been reading out of the New Living Translation. I want to look at this from the New American Standard because I love the way they translate this verse. It says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that word renewing carries some serious weight to it. It brings about this idea of restoration, right? Of renovation. I don't know if you've ever done any work like that. If you restored an old car, if you've renovated an old house, if you've done anything like that, you know it takes a lot of effort, a ridiculous amount of time. And you're going to pour energy and blood and sweat into the project before it's ever done. But the final project, the final product is completely worth it. And there's a process to it, right? We need to take off the old 
and then put on the new. Because if you just take that car and toss a bunch of new paint on it, it looks great for a while until the paint begins to wear away and it cracks and it peels and that old begins to show through again. And the rust you decided wasn't really worth your time to take care of begins to eat away more and more at that car. I had to deal with this not too long ago. A couple of years ago, a company came in and redid our roof and they mainly just paid attention to the shingles and stuff. And we've got a chimney with some framing around it and some windows. And they put a couple of pieces of wood up there, but really they didn't mess with it very much. And they never finished the project. And so I left it alone because I couldn't be bothered to put time into it. And that wood very quickly, within a few months, began to rot and wear and twist away from what was there because the old wood and the elements around it were tearing away at the new stuff. And so at the turn of the year, my dad said, you know what, let's get up on your roof, let's do it correctly this time, and let's take care of of this project, and it'll look great. I said, okay, sounds good. Take us a couple of days, right? I figured a day to take off the wood and go ahead and put the new stuff up and seal it all up, and then a day to paint. I wasn't right. (laughs) Because we get up there and we begin taking some wood off, and as we take more and more wood off, we find rot underneath that has to be patched up, and we have to seal all of that in. We get the wood up there and we realize those angles aren't quite as easy to figure out as we thought, and that takes some extra time to do. We seal it all up. All that's got to dry. And by day five or six, we're finally getting some paint on the wood we were doing. And so my two-day project turns into a week's worth of work. And it was hard work. I'm so glad my dad said, do this in January and not July, because roof work is no fun any time of year, but July would have been brutal. And so the final product was worth it, but it took time and it took energy, and it took a lot more than me saying, hey, I want to do this. It took a serious amount of commitment on my part. So Paul's final thought on this is transformation is a direct result of a renewed mind, which looks amazing when it sits up on that screen, but it's a little hard to process. So what do we do with that? How do we apply this to our lives? We need to take that concept of removing the old and putting on the new And look at that from just a practical, everyday purpose. So when we take off the old, there are things in our lives that we don't need anymore, right? It's baggage, it's weight, it's tearing us away from where God wants us to be. So we need to take those things off. And it looks different for everybody, but for some people, it means we need to stop hanging out with our old friends, right? There are people in our lives who have been friends for 10, 15, 20 years, But we know that when we're with them, we're not the person we're supposed to be. We know that they're not the right influence in our lives. And so we need to take off the old friends. We need to stop going to the old places because that Friday night hangout is going to be the spot that gets us back in with those old friends. We don't need to be around them anymore. We need to stop going to those places that bring us into situations that take us into the wrong roads. And we need to stop doing the old things. We have bad habits. We have actions that we are part of that we know right in the middle of them, I don't need to do this anymore. This is not the person God wants me to be. So we need to take off the old. But we can't stop there. If we leave a gap, we need to fill it. We need to put on the new. And in those exact same examples, we need to put on new friends. And we've already talked about it this morning This might look like joining a community group. And I know it sounds like we harp on this sometimes at Epic, but it's because we believe in the life change that happens when you surround yourself with community. When the people who are around you on a regular basis are speaking love and truth and life into you and not taking you down a different path, where you hit that Friday night spot and you want to go hang out with that group of friends 
and your community group says, you know what, that's not where you're supposed to be. And they invite you over on Friday night instead. Put on new friends. Go to new places. Come to church on a regular basis. And I don't say that to get you to fill a seat. It's not like God sits up there with some cosmic attendance sheet going, Evan, you made 85% of Sundays this year. Looks good. Trent's pushing like 60. That's not so great. That's not the way it works, right? It's not about filling a seat, filling a pew. What it's about is putting yourselves, putting ourselves into places where God can speak into our lives, where we're environments that make it possible for God to talk to us. We can't miss that. We need to do new things. From the first day this year, I think Trent's suggestion was we need to be in our Bibles more often. I think the challenge was take 10 minutes out of your day, dedicate it to reading your Bible. 10 minutes. I have a hard time with 10 minutes sometimes. <laughs> it's really hard to sit down and decide, you know what, I'm going to sit in this. And I've read this four different times. I'm going to read it again because God's speaking to me through this. So we need to do these new things. We need to put on these good habits they renew our minds. They lead us into transformed lives. And how do we know we're on the right path? Right? How do we know that our minds are beginning to be in a different place than they were before? Is that we will react and we will think about things in a new way. So in our relationships, in our finances, in our lifestyles, we're going to begin to do and think different things just because God is changing the way we think. And so where once you might have said something like, you know what, if I could find the right person, then everything's going to be okay. And if I could just date that girl, if I could marry that guy over there, if I could work with that team of people, if I could just get her to be my boss because this guy's a pain in the neck, then everything's going to be all right. A renewed mind says it's about what I can become to make everything okay, right? It changes that focus from the external and placing the blame on somebody else, like we talked about last week, and instead looks internally and says, what do I need to change? Who do I need to become to be okay? Have you ever said anything like, you know what, if only I had fill in the blank, then I'm going to be all right, and I'm going to be set, I'm good to go. I guarantee it's not just one thing, right? So maybe if I could just buy that car, if I could get that new phone, if I could just get that house with the extra space in it, I'm going to be set. I'm not going to, have to worry about anything anymore. A renewed mind knows that our desires are never really satisfied while we're here, right? We're wired to want the next new shiny thing. So you get the iPhone 5 and the 6 comes out and you've got to have the 6 and you get the 6 for like three months and you're happy with it. It's okay. But you know that Apple Keynote's coming up down the road and they're going to announce a phone. You don't even know what it is yet, but you have to have it because it's going to have new features and it's going to be shinier metal than the six, right? We are wired to want that next new shiny thing. And a renewed mind knows that that's not a trap you want to fall into. You don't want to walk down that path every single time. Even in our lifestyles, we see things like, you know what? It's not really the right thing to do, but it'll make me happy. So I'll do it anyway. We'll justify it, right? We'll say, God wants me to be happy. So why don't I go ahead and do it anyway? A renewed mind knows that that's a lie to ourselves, that if it's not right, it's never going to turn out right. It'll even take it a step further because here's the deal is we get comfortable, right? It's not exactly about our happiness. God wants us to be happy most of the time, but he's not as interested in how comfortable we are. 
And if we're comfortable, it means we found a great spot on the couch and we're hanging out. We've got chips on one side and remote on the other. And we're flipping through Netflix, looking for the next thing on TV. And God says, no, we don't want to be comfortable because that means you're not changing. We're not growing. We're not becoming more like him. And when it comes down to it and God has your character development or your comfort, I guarantee you he's more interested in your character development every single time. And a renewed mind knows that, it looks for it. It gets excited when we begin to feel uncomfortable because it means God is changing us to be the people we are supposed to be. So if we're going to make starting over count, we need to work with God to renew our minds. We need to walk through this process with him. We need to ask him, hey, what's next? Where do I go from here? Because I'm starting to get comfortable. And why go through it? Because I guarantee you none of this is easy, right? You don't want to have that conversation with the guy you've been hanging out with for 15 years and say, you know what? I can't come out Friday nights anymore. That's a tough conversation. You don't want to really give up that old habit because you like doing it. It's something you enjoy, even if you know it's not right for you. So what's the point of the pain and the frustration and the process? Paul lays it out for us at the very end of the verse. He says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is perfect and pleasing and good. Now, a show of hands, how many of you want to know God's will? You're in church. You have to raise your hand. There you go. We don't even know all the time why we want to know God's will, right? We just know, hey, I should know that. I should know what he wants for me. For me, it's because I get tired of falling into the same rut over and over again. I get tired of failing in the same places. I get really tired of asking myself, what in the world was I thinking, only to realize I asked myself that question last year, or last month, or last week, right? We want to move out of that pattern. And when we know God's will for us, we're walking on the right path. It means when I know God's will, then I get to take my family in the right direction, and not off on some tangent that I want to go down because halfway down that road, it's a dead end. And I got to tell my entire family, you know what? We got to go back. I was really wrong. And Paul puts in there this great phrase of learn to know. So it's a process, right? We don't get it like a light switch where all of a sudden we know in 20 years, we're going to be right here and you know exactly how to get there. God wants to walk this journey with us. He wants us to learn to become more confident that we're hearing his voice, that we're listening to him. And then he begins to speak more and more into our lives. So we can make starting over count. We can renew our minds. We can make next time different than last time. And if you take one thing home from you this morning, take this. I've talked a lot. You're going to go to lunch with somebody today, they're going to ask you what was talked about this morning. You're going to say, this new guy talked about making cookies. So take this home. Don't be a conformer. Be a transformer. That's the key to making starting over count. Don't be this guy, right? Don't even be the cool cookie cutter. Be a transformer. Let God change us into something new, something exciting, something that's going to do something for him. So I'm going to have the worship team come up in a minute. We're going to pray together, and then they're going to come out and lead us in one more song. And I want to take this time to invite you to begin this process with God. If you have never asked God to begin renewing your mind, 
If you've never begun that process, take just a minute this morning and ask him, God, begin working with me on this. Show me what I need to change next. What do I need to let go? What habit do I need to take off? What do I need to renew? What do I need to think about differently? Is my marriage on the rocks? Do I need to think about my wife or my husband in a new way? Is there that habit that you just can't get rid of and God's pushing you and pushing you, hey, I've got something better for you. So let go of this. Take this off and put this on instead. Ask God to walk with you on this journey and to take you on the new place. So let's pray together and then the worship team will come out for one more song. Father God, um, I just thank you so much, Lord, that you want to work with us to renew our minds. God, that there is this truth that if we begin to think like you, we become more like you. And those areas in our lives where we are starting over again and again, you can help us to make next time different. You can help us to do it right and not have to come back and rehash it again. Lord, in this moment, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. God, that you would help us to find that thing that we need to get rid of. You would help us find that old piece of wood in our lives that's rotted and twisted and would help us cut it away. And then on top of that, that you would show us what we need to put in its place. We don't want to just leave a gap there, God. We want you to show us what's new. What do you have for us? So God, speak to our hearts this morning and make us brave. Father, I pray that we would have the courage to hear from you and to be confident that we are hearing your voice, to know that even if it's something difficult that we need to put off, Father God, that you will give us the strength to do it. You're going to help us in this process and we just need to rely on you. So if it's something tough you're asking us to do this morning, make us brave, give us the courage to follow it through. Lord God, to cut it out of our lives and to renew the way we think so that we become more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Tommy. And I'm Eddie. We're the Skit Guys. And we want to talk to you about signing up for children's ministry. Oh, yeah. If you want to be the smartest, coolest, tallest person in the room, work in children's ministry. I don't think that's the reason why you would work in children's ministry. That's a little selfish. Really? You got, you got a better reason? I do, actually. If you want to work in children's ministry, here's what you get. You always get free snacks, and once a month, your face will be covered with glitter. That's true. I'm signing up today. That's why I'm going to work in children's ministry. And you know, Jesus said, hey, suffer the little children that come unto me. What better way to get involved and help usher them into the kingdom of heaven? Yeah, I'm signing up for the snacks, though. Yeah, they are pretty good. Mm -hmm. Snacks. Well, cool. Hey, would you help me thank the worship team for leading us in worship for a second? So... Many of you may have recognized, uh, but Brandon Lavelle was leading worship, filling in today for Evan, and uh, he used to lead worship for us before helping to plant a church down in Port Orange, so it was so great to have Brandon back. So Brandon, thanks for being here to fill in to help lead worship today. Well, my name is Tim Jones, I'm one of the pastors on staff, and we are so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, Last week, as the video was kind of hinting at, uh, Trent talked a little bit about serving, and so... uh, 
about 30 of you or just over 30 of you filled out cards last week saying that you would be willing to help us out. And so thank you so much for jumping into serving and as a person follows up with you for getting plugged in. And if you missed last week, uh, you can still continue to jump in to help us with serving. So we still have a lot of needs. We still need about 30 people to make our teams kind of complete. And so up on the screens, as you can see, are some of the areas that we still need help in. And the first number represents the first service. The second number uh, represents the second service because we really want you to be healthy when you serve. So we would love for you to serve one service and then attend another service. Um, Some of the rotations are that some teams serve once a month or every other week. And so we would love to have you a part of the team and helping out. So you can see in our kids areas, we need a lot of different help on down to our student section uh, for Surge, our tech team, our worship team. And so if one of those areas kind of stand out to you, uh, in your announcement packet today, there is a volunteer card in there that tells about each of these areas that you can serve. And so would you just take that card? Would you fill it out? And then would you turn it in at our Connection Center or some people who will be standing at the doors with buckets and say, hey, yeah, I would love to help um, because we do definitely need you a part of Epic and what we do here. And then uh, today, as I already mentioned, today is the Super Bowl. So how many of you are excited about the Super Bowl today? Okay, just a few of you. Well, today's also the first day after the fast, so are you ready to eat a juicy steak today? Because some of you have been fasting pretty hardcore. (laughs) Well, anyways, some of you uh, have been fasting kind of hardcore, and we just want to say, please, gently get back into the waters, okay? We don't need you in the emergency room uh, tonight, especially on the Super Bowl. Uh, But anyways, thank you guys so much for participating in the fast really seeking God out in these last two weeks. And if God did something really significant in your life during the facts, we would love to hear about that. So would you email us at info at theepicchurch.com or post it on Facebook uh, on our, our page because we would love to hear what God did through this fast in your life. And well, besides the Super Bowl today, today is also the last day to get your applications in for our go trips to uh, Guatemala. So if you would still like to go on the mission trips, uh, please visit our website and click under the serve tab and fill out an application, all the information there. Those applications need to be submitted today. You can do that through email. And so if you are still interested in going, fill out your application, get that in today. And then another way that we can impact lives is through giving. And so if you call Epic your home, there's two ways that you can give. You can give through the giving boxes located at the end of each section or online at theepicchurch.com. And then last week, we had our intro meeting for Starting Point. So if you've been waiting to get into Starting Point, it's not too late. Please see me today back by the tech booth, and you can still sign up for Starting Point because it will be beginning next week. And if you need your materials, see me as well uh, back at the table next to the tech booth. And then next week, February 8th, begins our five-week group experience uh, for you to be able to get into a men's, women's, or couples group. And so it's a great time to come together for five weeks, and at the end of those five weeks, we'll form community groups from that. Um, If you're interested in that, in your announcement packet today, there is is a card that describes all the details, when it starts, what time, uh, childcare, and all those details. See that card, and on the back, there's also the different studies that the groups are going to be going through. And so we would like to give you a sample of that, but if you're interested in that, see me again in the back to register for that so that we know that you're interested in coming. But check out this preview for one of the curriculums that you'll be going through. (laughs) 
I believe as a man, there are certain times when you have to put up a fight. There are times when it would be wrong not to fight. I believe that God created each man with the heart of a warrior. There is a time to put up a spiritual fight, a time to draw a line in the sand and say, you can't cross this line. The world has yet to see what God can do through one man, wholly surrendered unto him. You can be that man.